0: Here's Pastor Scott. I'm going to be reading three verses out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and then we're going to spend some time talking about it. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If not, uh, you can look on the screen and follow along as I read. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, the Bible says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, The Battle is Real. Pray with me. God, thank you for... Your word, God, I thank you for each person who's come here today, Lord. And I pray that you would help us, God, to hear what you have to say this morning from your word, by your spirit. God, I pray that you would anoint me to speak the things that would be sound doctrine. God, I pray that you would encourage us to learn today what you'd have us to learn. Increase our faith is my prayer in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. The battle is real. It is shocking to me how limited the knowledge of people in this country is regarding God's holy book. Uh, There's only one Bible that we have to learn from. It's been around for a long time, and yet some kind of way some people still haven't read the whole book. If you don't hear anything else I have to say to you this morning, I want to encourage you, read this book. It's only this thick. It'll only take you 72 hours to read it. Read this book and learn what God has to say to us because there is a battle that this book talks about. Hollywood has dramatized it between the forces of good and evil, light versus dark, them and us, us and them. But God says there is a battle between his kingdom and a demonic kingdom. There is a battle between uh, spirits, that war on behalf of our great God and spirits that war against our great God. And there are so many people that go to church that would claim to be Christians that don't really believe and would just tell you, I ain't into all that spiritual warfare talk, Pastor. Uh, I'm not into all that uh, demonic stuff. Uh, I'm not into demonic stuff either. I'm I'm into godly stuff, Amen? amen? But godly stuff tells me there's a real devil. Godly stuff tells me there's a real battle going on, uh, and, and you don't even have to get into God. If you live in any type of church setting at all, you've probably heard of uh, a woman preacher named Joyce Meyer who made a bozillion dollars. That's made-up word. Preachers get to do that because they have the microphone. Uh, she made uh, 42 gozillion dollars uh, on her book, The Battlefield of the Mind. Where she talked about how the struggle starts in the mind, and I've been saying for years—I never made a bazillion dollars off it—but I've been saying for years that the enemy has had different strategies against God's people from the beginning. He's come at us in, in, in with different uh, techniques to his same threefold strategy that he's had from the start. But he he, he smooths them every now and then and uses them in different directions. He used. Uh, let, let, let's just go back a little bit. Uh, the 60s, sex, drugs, and you know that because it was so prevalent in our country. Why was it so prevalent in our country? Because it changed a large group of people's mindset from the way that they were living a, as a nation to the way that they chose to live as a nation. And So you had a bunch of people that got involved uh, in Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll, and the hippie movement. And people, my, my kids still see those vans. Y'all, y'all, y'all remember those vans, those Volkswagen vans? Some, somebody uh, right on the side of it, Hate Ashbury or Bust, y'all. Y'all look, look it up. It's on, it's, it's, you can Google Hate Ashbury. It's not a hate crime. That's funny, but y'all don't get it because you're not ge- geographers. But then after the hippie movement, uh, anybody remember what the next horrible movement was in, in, in music? Disco, Rick knows, I don't even want to know, but I mean, maybe you can let me know off to the side uh, when he uh, uh, it, a- ask his wife if he' got some neon polyester, big lapel suit, you know 80 foot wide bell bottoms. Uh, oh, you do. <laughs> Ah, Rick was too busy reading comic books, getting ready to be, be a, a, a Marvel commentator. Uh, but the disco movement came out. Y'all y'all remember, you know, dudes, and they were old then, right? They were old then in, in the 70s with, with their shirts buttoned down to here, you know, hair poking out of their shirt, chains getting all caught. I mean, but they, they were doing their thing. You know, John Travolta. Y'all remember that? Y'all don't want to act like y'all remember that. Uh I, I'll flip it, some of y'all not John Travolta fans. Slide in the Family Stone, P-Funk. Uh, let, let me go somewhere else. Uh, same 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 time frame. Um, but there were people that just decided they were going to work dressed like that. And it was just giant cultural shifts. And th- these cultural shifts are strategies of the enemy to take our mind off something that is higher than in priority to where we would be looking at something that should be lower in priority some of y'all not old enough to remember the 70s then then the worst form of music ever came along grunge music what's that new new version of hippies that don't bathe and bang cymbals loud and 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 it's just a whole you know that's seattle yeah that's your side of the world over there that that west coast thing and then you know the, 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 the gift that keeps on giving that just won't leave us alone, um, the, the, the hip-hop movement. And, and, and listen, I, I, don't want, I don't want to see your underwear sticking above your pants. But, but, but if it does because you've lost some weight, then congratulations to you. But if you're wearing the waist of your pants under the hump of your rump, you got issues. That's the gift that keeps on giving. I just, I don't know. Some people don't want to be educated. Everybody who's ever done any study in the world knows sagging came from the penitentiary to make it easy for you to get took. These dudes walking around hard. <laughs> holding their pants so they don't fall down. You're not hard. I'm going to leave that alone because they could have went. <laughs> Common sense ought to say, hey, in, in, in today's world, you probably ought to be wearing two, three pair of underwear, pants all the way up to your rib cage, a belt, a lock on it, and a sign that says, uh, uh, You know, I'm like Tone Loke. Y'all don't know Tone Loke? Loke said, This the 80s. And I'm down with the. That's what he said. What did you marry, preacher's son? Huh? ha. <laughs> Just ghetto, hallelujah. (laughs) But all these things are designed to get people, and and what's crazy is at one point it all appealed to the individual. It all appealed to the anarchist. It all appealed to the, I I just got to do me. I'm I'm, I'm just who I am. I'm just representing, I'm keeping it 100. that, That whole mindset. I love what Chris Rock said. He said, "Y'all out there talking about just keeping it real, real stupid." And many times that, that can be the answer. But at some point, you got to realize, hey, all those things that you're doing are not making you look unique. You just look like all the rest of these this nerd herd walking around out there. That's not making you look unique. I can remember when I went to uh, Dean and I went to visit our dad in England. In 1977, my parents got divorced when uh, I uh, just for third grade, and we moved back from England to America. first time I went to go see my dad uh, was right before I was going into the 10th grade in 1977, and went to England, you really want to see what America's going to look like in 10 years? Look at England what they looked like 10 years ago, or 20 years ago, because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And uh, we we have mimicked them in almost everything for the last 200-plus years. And so in the mid-'70s, I get to England, and I'm coming off, off, you know, the west side of Jacksonville. I'm coming off just country. People everywhere we go, my my sons will tell you this, and it's not going to be hard for you to figure out because you listen to me all the time. Everywhere we go, people ask me, where are you from? And they say it like it's hurting them. And, and, and I know what they mean by that. Oh, I'm too country for you. I got you. Uh, and so I tell Sometimes I want to mess with them. I tell them England. And they're like, <laughs> or I tell them where I was born, San Diego. So I, and I let them know. That's why I'm southern. I'm from southern California. Uh, but, no, I learned to talk like this on the west side of Jacksonville. And people are like, oh, I don't think people, people Jacksonville, you must, be, you must mean Georgia. No, I mean Jacksonville, the west side of Jacksonville. Goats, chickens, cats, dogs, you know, cows, all that. Uh, but pe- everywhere every we go, pe- people want to talk about the, the way I talk. They, 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 they're just looking for ways to figure out something that they can agree with or disagree with us on. Why? Because people are always trying to isolate you or incorporate you you got to be careful with who pushes you away and who draws you in. These things that the devil uses to push us away or to draw us in, uh, and many times it's the same thing. The racial division this country is going through right now is being perpetrated by the media. My, my, my kids my kids tell me all the time, it's not like that in my school, Dad. And, and Oakleaf High School is the most racially diverse high school in North Florida. But majority of them else are... are Majority one way, majority the other way. You go to Rains, uh, it, 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 it's all black people. You go to Pontevedra, it's all white people. You go to Oakleaf, uh, you know, it just it's everything, um, and it's it's there's not there's not a 50% majority of anything there. And so my my kids look at the news and they're like, that's not that's not how it is at our school. But the media is trying to pull us to one side, while at the same time pushing us away from another side. And that's why it's so important that we make up our minds that as Christians, we will concentrate on the bigger picture, on the higher things. We'll keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is that we are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. We're brothers and sisters in Jesus no matter what anybody else says. Red, yellow, black, white, rich, poor, indifferent. We, we, we've got to realize that these, these, these separatisms, these, these things that push and pull us are, are designed to cause us not to concentrate on the God of the Bible. And so, you know, you, you, you get all these different things coming at us. And I've been telling people for years that it's not sex, drugs, and rock and roll anymore. It's not disco duck anymore. It, it, it's, it's not even gangster rap music anymore. It's not dirty grunge music. It, it, it's, it's not uh, a lot of different things that we could point to. What I've seen most in the last 20 to 30 years that the strategy of the enemy has been is this attack on the mind. There's never been a time In human history, where we knew more or had it better, but yet we feel worse than we've ever felt before as a people. We have more ease and please. We have more access to information, but we're more ignorant than we've ever been. Go ahead. Find a kid. Ask them to do some simple math in their head. Find one. Go ahead and find one. Ask them what 9 times 13 is. And watch this. Just smoke come out of their head. The kids are laughing right now because they know don't ask me that, Rev. Not on the spot. Ask them. Ask them what the tip is on, on the lunch bill. Uh, what's 15% of 3750? You may as well shoot me now, Reverend. More access, more information, more ease. I hear people say, you know, y- y'all get mad if y'all want to. Uh, you do not do the laundry so quiet I can hear a roach Putin here. Yes, I do. Who you think? You don't do my laundry. No, the same person does your laundry that does my laundry, the washing machine. Amen. And every time you load it, you ought to say that. Well, if it stops working, you'll sure be mad at it. I remember, uh, was it you that went to go see Jim Lundy the other day? Uh, well, Jim Lundy was here. Jim Lundy's senior adult. He's shut in now. He used to play in our band, and Jim came one night and thanked God for a running refrigerator and left it there. Is there more to this story? I mean, I, I, I'm looking for what, what, what's the what's the dude's name? Harvey. Paul, I'm looking for the rest of the story. Thank God for a running refrigerator. I'm thinking, okay. But then he said that his refrigerator had gone out the night before. All his food had gone bad. And he'd gotten uh, somebody had given him a refrigerator that was working, and he could trust to leave his food in it overnight. And I thought, now, see, that's where we need to be. We need to be thankful for the washing machine. We need to be thankful for and, and, and I realized I hadn't been thankful for my refrigerator working. And typically we're not thankful for these things working until they break. And then when they're still not thankful, we're just mad. Okay? But we, we've got all these different things. People talk about doing their laundry. Listen, my grandmother did laundry. On a washboard and a wringer, right? Unless you're squeezing your clothes through two long tubes of steel and cranking a handle. Well, I have to load it. <laughs> Your six-year-old could do that for you. But we've got so many conveniences in this world. We've got so much. I mean, I, I, somebody even wrote a song about it, 6,000 channels and nothing on. We've got all these TV channels. Some of y'all my age and older. We, did, we, we had three channels. Y'all remember that? I, I can remember when that fourth channel came in, and we got to use the dial above the dial. It had that dial on the bottom that that, that that had 1 through 12 on it, and then you had that dial, and it went thunk, thunk, thunk. Now, the dial on the top just was free spinning. You kind of had to work that like a safe. You're trying to find 30 because Fox 30 came in, and we were like, oh, hey, we can watch cartoons now all week long because that's where Fox News originated. But anyway, that's just a side joke y'all don't hate. Um, everybody missed it, so that's good. But we got Channel 17 in Jacksonville. And y'all remember that? Then we got Channel 30. Then we got Channel 47. And we're like, what? we have double the channel intake in here. We're some TV-watching people. I dare you. I dare you, I dare you, go ahead, get you some sling TV, some type of operation where you can pick the channels you get. If you've got ch- kids living in your house, just get them six channels, see how they respond. <laughs> six channels, that's all. Or do, do away with all of it and just let them get whatever the dial will bring in off, off the sky. We've got so much more than we've ever had. More conveniences than we've ever had, more information than we've ever had. Yet people, as a whole, are more miserable, more bitter, and their mind is under greater attack than at any point in this nation. I tell my kids all the time, uh, my 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 mama's side of the family didn't they didn't have time for depression? Why they worked too hard. <laughs> they didn't have time for social anxiety disorder. Picking cotton in Louisiana. Getting up at 4.30 in the morning, going to bed, just praying for it to get dark enough to close your eyes. See, that's, that's how this country did it forever. we we like, the lights go out for one day. Pack a bag. we got to go to the hotel. You know, we got to have all this. Listen, people used to get up with the sun and go to bed when it was dark. There was no electricity. And they were glad it was dark to go to sleep because they you know, been working hard all day long. But now we've got all this ease and please, but it's brought about a lot of mind disease. Never been a time in American history where there was such a great attack on the mental arena. People with uh, fear, anxiety, people with depression, people bogged down in their head. And so that's why Joyce Meyer, when she came out and she wrote this book, The Battlefield of the Mind, it just launched. It just launched. uh, And because she let she let, let the world know that everything good and everything bad starts in your mind. When people say, oh. I, I, I said that before I had a chance to think about it. That's wrong. No, you thought about it. You just didn't think about it long enough to shut up. There's nothing you can do. I can't pick this up without, without thinking about picking it up. I can't drop it without thinking about dropping it. It all starts in the mind. So we have to pay attention to the mind. Say mind. Listen to what our text says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh... We do not war according to the flesh. Now, if you've been around for a while, you understand when you read, you need to pay attention to the punctuation. It'll help you in your reading comprehension. For though we walk in the flesh, comma, that's cause for pause. Though we, who's we? Christians. When the Bible says we and us, it's usually not always, but usually talking to Christians. If it says they and them, it's usually not always talking to unbelievers. So here... The Apostle Paul, on the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, is writing to Christians at Corinth, and he says, We walk in the flesh. What type of people is he talking about? Hey, I got a news flesh for you, Christian. You might think you're holier than thou. You might think that you walk on water, but you're still in your flesh. And and, and as long as we are encased inside this human flesh, we're always going to have struggle. We're always going to have shortcomings. We're always going to have flaws. All have sinned. Every one of us have issues. Every one of us have problems. What I want you to learn today is how to rise above. I want you to learn how to overcome some things so that you can get the life that you've been dreaming of. So you can get the life that God has for you. Because we do definitely walk. Now, that's not talking about putting one front in front of the other. That's talking about the course of our life is in this body. The Bible says of the Holy Ghost being a treasure that we have that treasure inside these earthen vessels. We are flesh and bones. We are human. We are uh, th- this word flesh here though. It, it's 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 a un- it's a unique word in the Greek. It's the Greek word sarx, s a r x and it means a couple of different things. It's got a real broad definition. It can be used of just the flesh and bone structure that houses us. How many of you know there's a real you on the inside? Get some age on you, and you'll realize that the real you is still on the inside. Uh, I talked to my sister, and uh, we, we both agree that sometimes we walk past that mirror and don't recognize that person looking back at us. Who is you? When did you get so fat? What is that? And, but there's you on the in- See, there's the you that you see. And this, this is why prejudice is so ignorant. This, 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 this is why racism is so ignorant. Because you don't even know what you look like on the inside. And you sure don't know what I look like on the inside. But the person on the inside is more you than the person on the outside could ever be. And the person on the inside is more me than the person on the outside could ever be. So don't judge somebody by what you see on the outward. That's why I'm so glad the Bible says man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. Amen. See, there's a you that's on the inside of you. And this this word flesh has got multiple meanings. It can be talking about the physical thing that in that houses our spirit, that 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 body that encases the real you. But more times than not in the New Testament, when this word is used, it's it's Not translated flesh. The same Greek word is used for flesh, but the word is normally translated to as carnal. Carnal. Now, carnal means fleshly. But it doesn't mean fleshly as in skin and goo, right? Whatever that is under your, what is it, 27 layer, 29, a bunch of layers of skin. Uh, That's not talking about that flesh. It's talking about carnal means, I, I wrote down one definition so I can read it verbatim. The animal nature with cravings which incite people to sin. Anybody got flesh on the inside? Any, anybody got an animal nature on the inside? Uh, some of y'all are old enough and raised uh, uh, on on you know the right part of town, depending on who you ask, can can remember the answer to the, to the question that the songwriter said: Why must I be like that? Why must I chase that cat? Nothing but the nothing but the dog in me, and you understand that there is a, a inside of people that is just jacked up. This is why when I hear these, these do-gooders say, uh, well, I just believe for the most part all people are basically good. I'm like, I hope you get paid for smoking that. <laughs> I hope you're part of a clinical trial and they are paying you big money to be that, that crazy because I've been around for 55 years. I've been all over the world, and, and I can tell you people are not basically good. People that what 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 did the other songwriters say? They smile in your face. All the time they want to take your place. That's not just the evil people. That's that Christian sitting behind you. <laughs> my children know. I sat down in a restaurant last night, blew my mind. I sat down because we eat out every night. I sat down in a restaurant last night. Oh. it was just me and Seth, Jake was off with a friend and we sit how we sit and there's a very determined way that I sit because it's how a man's supposed to sit and this dude comes in and he sat wrong and I'm like, I gotta bring that up to my son because you know, not 14 years old you just gotta know some things boy I said, tell me what's wrong with the, what, what's going on in that booth right there he said, the man sitting with his back to the door and the woman's facing the door. Now I know all you feminists in here like I'd knock him out for my husband. Well, you married the wrong dude. <laughs> uh, er, scream, rewind. Bruh, you married the wrong manish woman. <laughs> I sit with my a hey, back at a restaurant, back to the wall. I'm going to see it coming, and, 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 hey, I'm probably just going to go John Wayne, shoot up the whole place, or just dip. Either way, <laughs> depends on what my odds are if I want to end up on the news. But there, there are just people backstab you. It's hard to backstab somebody sitting against the back wall, but people have issues. Can we agree on that? Now, maybe everybody in your world is sweet, kind, loving, and wouldn't harm a fly. It ain't flies I'm worried about. It's them stealing from me. It's them using, it's them using abusing. It's, it's them smiling one day and stabbing the next day. Okay, because this, this is the course. Why? Because we are fleshly human beings. We have this thing on the inside of us that draws us to anti-Christian behavior. This is when the Bible talks, the Bible contrasts the flesh and the spirit. The Bible says the flesh and the spirit are contrary one to another. They war against each other. They don't dwell together at peace. And so the spirit, when the Bible talks about it in this context, is talking about things that promote God, God's will, God's way, and and draw you in that direction. The flesh, carnality, are things that promote anti-Christian activity, thoughts, deeds, actions, actions and every one of us see here's the thing every human being in the world was born once and you were born with a flesh nature the bible calls it a sin nature ephesians tells us that we were all born dead in trespasses and sin the scripture says wherefore by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin death passed upon all men for that all have sinned we came into this world evil who you call an evil everybody you can't not my grandbaby please bring her to the nursery and just watch my grandbaby shares with, well she ain't been around the right one she's getting around the right one it ain't interested in sharing but you'd be walking out they took everything my grandbaby had How many times she say mine? How many times she cry? How many times she take it back? None. Well, bring it back next week. Let's see how she holds up. (laughs) You don't have to teach little children to say mine. You don't have to teach people to be selfish. There is a draw. It is on the inside of every human being. The Bible says we are all sinners. We all have this fleshly nature on the inside of us. But here's the difference. Now, you got to decide, do you have one nature or do you have two? Everybody that's ever been born had one nature. See, I was born on August 6, 1963. I was born with one nature, a sin nature. I was born with a sin nature. I was born in flesh. I, I was born alienated and apart from the promises of God. On July 15, 1981, I was born what? Again. That a new life happened, a change. The Bible says well, if you're in Christ, uh, old things pass away and all things become new. You become a new person. I, and I became a new person uh, on July 15, 1981, and God gave me a new nature. God gave me a spirit nature. So everybody in the room has at least one nature. Some people in the room, myself and others, have two natures. I wonder how many you have. Do you only have your sin nature? Do you just do what you want to do, say what you want to say, dance how you want to dance, play how you want to play? Or do you have a sin nature from birth and a new nature from rebirth that war against each other? War. What did the great apostle Paul say? I, I find that there's a, a a battle on the inside of me. Romans chapter seven. What what, what did Paul say? When I want to do good, I find that sin is present with me. And the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am! Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Yes, 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 yes. This the great apostle. This the man God used to write half the New Testament. The yes. battle saying this. He, 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 let me give it to you. Twenty eighteen West Side. My man, he's just saying, bruh, I'm all jacked up. I'm just whack, tore up from the floor. I'm just, I got issues. Or as Medea would tell you, (laughs) issues. So I don't know how many natures you have. I don't know if you're a one nature person or two nature person. I don't know if, if you just got the natural or you have the natural and the supernatural. Let me tell you, if you got the natural and the supernatural, you're going to realize at some point you're a wreck. Yeah. Honestly, I was cool with where I was at before Christ. I wasn't sitting around thinking about, you know, when, when, when am I going to stop doing all this. I, it, it didn't bother me. Most of y'all know my story. Um, I, I was busy selling drugs and, 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 and drinking whole grain liquor out of a gallon jug hot in my trunk. I never felt bad about that. I, I didn't think this can't be right. I'm 15 years old. I shouldn't be guzzling uh, moonshine, hot liquor out of the back of a trunk in Florida heat. I'm just like, hey, it's what I do? I, I had Malox in my car, too. <laughs> and my stomach always hurt. Because when you live on a liquid diet and just do drugs, you get stomach issues. I never sat back and thought, you know what, maybe if I quit doing drugs and alcohol, my stomach would feel better and I'd make better grades at school my mom wouldn't be trying to kick me out of the house every week. I was just doing me. See, if you're content just doing you, let me tell you something, one nature. One nature. That, that's indicative that you just have one nature. Like, I don't know why they always sweat me about blah, blah, blah. If you're comfortable doing what you're doing, one nature. If it's okay with you, if you excuse it, well, everybody does a little something, something. One nature. If, if you're warring against that, that's a good indication that you possibly have a new nature. But we're either in the flesh or in the spirit. Some people just can't be in the spirit because they haven't been born again. I'm talking to people who are born again. We, we have both. Say both. And, and, and so Paul says we walk in the flesh, we're alive. We, we still got flesh and bones and issues, but we do not war according to the natural way. Okay, he's talk, talking about battle. He understands, because he's been telling people. You got it, see, he's saying we, who's he talking to? He's not saying all those sinners out there need, need, need to get their act together. And, and No, he's talking about we. He's talking about us. He's talking about the problems that Christians have. And he said, look, I, I know we all still prone to do some fleshly things but we cannot win this war in a natural way we can't overcome our issues with our own devices we need god see that's that's the battle cry of a real believer i need the lord see if we could fix ourselves we wouldn't be no need for jesus if we could get to heaven by ourselves, wouldn't be no need for Jesus. If we could just be holy by ourselves, wouldn't be no need for Jesus. But he said we can't do these things in the natural way. We, 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 we can live in the natural way, but we cannot war as Christians in the natural way. Listen, you can read every self help book you want to. I, I, I don't even want to know, uh, but I, I do know this for real. Uh, there, there, there are a lot of people. In, in this country, in this world, and even in this church that have been through multiple rehabs, didn't work. Listen, rehab is not a guarantee to work. I I, I know, every person I know that ever quit cigarettes quit 27 times or 127 times or 3,000 times. Every person I ever know, that, including myself, that had the dry heaves quit liquor at least every time they had the dry heaves. <laughs> None of y'all want to, hey, I'm going to tell you what. Once you vomit it all up and you're laying there hugging that parceling God, you cry out to Jesus, Allah, Buddha, Oprah, Tom Cruise's God, whoever you got. I'll never drink another. I swear uh, uh, to, to Confucius. You become a Muslim overnight. I take up Sharia law and kill the infidel. If I just you. People, that's a joke. <laughs> People try to quit stuff on their own all the time. Does it work? No, it doesn't work. But if you give it to God. Amen. See, the problem is some of you have been trying to give it to God. You thought you were giving it to God and it didn't work. We're going to find out how to make it work today. Say work. work. He said we, 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 can't, we can't war. We can't win these battles with self-help books, motivational tools. Those are good things. Those can help you in a way. But you're not going to win a spiritual battle with those because those are natural means written by natural people using natural thoughts. We need supernatural means written by a supernatural God using the Holy Ghost power. It's a whole different level. So we're either in the flesh or in the spirit. Some of you can't get in the spirit because you're not saved. Some of you are saved, but you live too much in the flesh. And that's where the real problems. Come in verse 4 says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds for the weapons of our warfare. Now take out what you think and let's just go with what the word thinks. Does the word think we have weapons? Does the word think we have warfare? Does the word think that our weapons are mighty? And here's what our mighty spiritual Holy Ghost empowered God given weapons are for. To pull down strongholds. Now, see, here's the problem with church and church people. Church people like to go out and point fingers at other people as if other people are the problem when the reality is the, the, your biggest problem is always the one looking at you in the mirror. That's why you'll never see. I will never be involved in no march. I will never be involved in no no political march, no campaign, no let, let's I, I don't care. I mean, obviously I care, I'd rather they didn't, but if they if the biggest pornographer in the world moved in on Firestone Drive, opened up a porn, 24 hour day adults, st- I'm not gonna stand out there politic and let's have a march. For what? I expect lost people to do lost things. I expect uh, lost people to, to drink and to get high. I, I expect lost people to, to oppose God. Why, what, here, See, this is why some folk are miserable. Lost people that come to church but don't want salvation? What a train wreck you are. Or save people who come to church but won't embrace their spirituality? Huh, what a train wreck you are. You're just a lying, walking, breathing, talking, struggling contradiction against reality. If you're lost, then you come to church, but you refuse to change and give, get right with God, you're just putting yourself under the torture zone. And that's like saying to somebody, hey, yo, doc, and, and I'm not, trust me, if you know my story, you know I am not uncompassionate about cancer. Uh, my, my wife died, left me a single father with two small children from cancer at 36 years old. So this, this, this is just for a point. This is Just say example. How crazy would you have to be? Uh, my, my wife saw one of the leading oncologists in the nation. We went to MD Anderson Comprehensive Cancer Research Clinic in Houston to get a second opinion. He sent us back to the first opinion guy. And Dr. Ooney Thomas in Jacksonville. Uh, if you went to an oncologist and said, hey, check me out. Uh, don't have cancer, already been, check, already been tested for that. I just love to undergo about nine good hard months of chemotherapy and radiation. Anybody believe any healthy person wants to sign up for that? You don't have what you need to have to put yourself through that. To me, that's just like lost people come to church, ain't going to change, ain't going to get saved. Uh, you, you, you're like a healthy person just just willingly taking chemo. Why are you coming up in here watching us take up an offering for the glory of God? Why are you coming in here watching us talk about being holy and reading the Bible and denying ourselves when you're like, Nah, that ain't me. What, you just want to sit and watch the show? Let me me tell you this. If you're here and you're unsaved, stop being miserable trying to, what, what the Scripture says, halt between two opinions. Stop being miserable trying to put one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus. Get in or get out. What did God say in the book of the Revelation? I'd rather you be hot or Don't be lukewarm. Get it. Get it all. You're going to be lost, unsaved, die, and go to hell. Chase that. Both feet. Grab all the gusto you, you can get. I wish you wouldn't, but if you're going to, you're going to. Now, if you're going to be saved, quit all that foolishness and get all the way in Christ and let the Holy Ghost give you righteousness, peace, and joy like a river. People are torturing themselves because they won't put both feet in one arena. And one foot in, one foot out is the worst kind of way you can be because you're not warring in the spirit. And the weapons will not help you because they are not carnal. So you can't use your unspiritualness to win your battle. let Let me talk to saved people, for real saved people, two nature people, old and new nature people sinful and spiritual-natured people. We have weapons, but they are not carnal. So you cannot use them. You cannot use them. These weapons can only be used in a spiritual fashion because they're spiritual weapons. But they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. I do not want to sneeze right now. Hallelujah. you got to get spiritual to use spiritual weapons to pull down strongholds. What, what, what's a stronghold? Well, a stronghold was a problem that became a big problem. Say big. It was something you decided you, you were just going to dip your toe in. This is why I'm opposed. Don't you hate me if you want to. I have my opinion. You have yours. We got to love each other. That's what the Bible says. I'm not trying to force my opinion on you. I'm just sharing truth and, 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 and giving you some example to live by. I personally, no matter what the law says, would never allow my children to think that it's okay to smoke weed. I don't need you to send me no research papers. I grew up. I was born in the 60s. I grew up on the west side of Jacksonville in the 70s. Well, I, 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 I sold weed. We used to drive to Stark. Some of y'all westsiders, y'all know, Stark had it going off in the 70s for, for real. I, I can tell you that for many people, weed is a gateway drug. And they dip their toe in something. Listen, nobody ever took a drink of alcohol, hit a drug, and thought, you know what? Here's what I want to do. Never done any drug, never done alcohol in my life. What I like to do is I like to ruin my whole life. I, I'd like to alienate myself from all my friends and family. I want to turn my family against me because, you know, I'm going to end up breaking in and stealing everything they own and selling it for that, chasing that next hit. Uh, nobody ever started that way. They dipped their toe in it. And that's why I tell you all all the time, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, say, listen, they show these commercials. Yeah, it, uh, uh, every time a sun sets, a corona gets its line. Good-looking people, half naked people, successful people. It don't show you every time a family breaks up, a corona gets its line. Every time a man slaps his woman in the mouth, a corona gets his line. Every time a father comes home drunk and beats everybody up and the children have to hide, a corona. No, they don't tell you that version of the story. They, they don't tell you. Every time a drunk driver crashes into a car full of innocent people and kills them and cuts their life short, and he gets six months off manslaughter, a corona gets its line. No, they don't tell you that. That's why I say don't mess with none of it. Don't, me, don't go down a road with limited options. Don't go down a road that's going to take you in the wrong place. See, because that little bit, well, past, and, and, and here's the reality. When I ran the labor pool downtown, on the corner of Maine and Beaver, putting to work two to 300 drunk, drug addict, alcoholic, homeless, crack addicts every day, um, daily work, daily pay, I, got, I built relationships. That's what caused me to go into homeless ministry. I built relationships with hundreds of people downtown and started doing homeless ministry downtown. And even the people that I got off the street and put in houses, even the people that became successful inside our uh, ministry, uh, even, even the people who, you know, were just close to me and loved me, they would always say the same thing. They called me boss man. Hey, boss man, you, you, you know I smoke my weed, you know, and I will drink. I ain't going to say I don't drink, boss. I, I drink a little bit, you know, I, I smoke, but I don't mess with that crack. You don't mess with that crack? Mm. Every same speech. Want to act like they just do a little, but don't go all. Because nobody starts off thinking that a little bit's going to take them all the way. But it will. It will. See, that's, what, that's how things become a stronghold. It just starts off, you're just dabbling with it. But before long, you, you, you just, you're just messing with it. But before long, it's messing with you. You, you just, you, you, you just, you're just doing a little with it, but before long, it's doing a lot with you. And people don't start off thinking, yeah, I just, I just want to become uh, every, everything I, bad I can become. No, they just think they're going to dabble and have a little bit of fun, and then the next thing, they end up with a stronghold. But I got great news for you today. Strongholds can be pulled down. See, a stronghold is something that you constantly find yourself messing up with. I like to call them potholes. They're potholes in life. Your, your potholes uh, on your road are different than the potholes on my road. See, there's just certain things that are not, it's not possible for anybody to have ever said that they heard me ever in life, other than if it was through an example like this, put the word, the, the common words GD back to back. I didn't do that when I was lost. That ain't no struggle to me. I, I'm not going to all of a sudden get get carnal and, and, and start, start saying that. That's just, that's just not in me. That's, that's, that's not a draw to me. That's, that's not a temptation to me. Uh, lot, lot, I mean we, we could use a lot of things um, that aren't but your temptations are yours mine are mine see some of y'all can go to the fair I love the Jacksonville Agriculture Fair uh, because I love sausage dogs I love to smell that food I love waffle cake you can tell I'm mad at it but I I can't go anymore because I choose to stay in the Holy Ghost and every time I go I'm not a big dude five nine and a half, two hundred twenty 220 pounds uh, but Every time I go to the fair, minding my own business, and I'm a highly situational aware United States Army veteran, I keep my eyes wide open everywhere I go, and every time I go to the fair, some little five foot 6 135-pound dude with tobacco in his mouth wants to bump into me and then turn around, what, what, hey, and start screaming at me, and my pressure, Jake's doing this right now, Jake's like, please, Dad, because uh, he's been there. And you know, this is just, this. everywhere I go, this pothole jumps out in front of me. Because I, man, I'll tell you like they tell you on Warstar, you, hey, if you want it, you can't get it. You got the right one. But that's not who I want to be. And because I'm not all the way delivered yet, and I don't always do a good job driving around that pothole, I just stay off that street. Some of y'all need to learn how to just stay off that street. You're like, well, I can still be around. It's my cousin. but You know, for God's sake, it's my cousin. Not like I'm not going to be around. My, it's my sister. It's my best friend. Whatever. If you, if you don't have the Holy Ghost maturity and they end up, you got to get away from it. You got to. Why? Because little things become big things. Little issues become strongholds, but the good news is God said you can pull down strongholds. You can't do them in the power of the flesh. You need God's help. You got to do it spiritually. So based on this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a test right now, okay? We said that we believe that we have weapons. We believe we're in a warfare. We believe that there's, there's carnal and spiritual. We believe these weapons are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Now, we said that these verses are talking to who? Christians or non-Christians? So here's the test. Who then has strongholds? Christians have strongholds. Well, Pastor, I just, I've had people leave the church saying, I just don't believe true Christians have strongholds. I don't believe you have a mirror or ever took an honest look at yourself. Listen to what verse 5 says. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. All right, now here's where the rubber meets the road. Lock back in, let's pay attention, and we'll be done. These are things that the great apostle is saying through the power of the Holy Ghost to believers. These are struggles and strongholds that Christians have to deal with. This is real life. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Arguments that are against the knowledge of God. Arguments that are contrary to truth. Okay? Thoughts that oppose what God says. All right? Now, based on what we've learned this morning, biblically, what type of people have thoughts that oppose what God says? Yes, and non-Christians as well, but we're talking about how to help Christians because non-Christians just out of gas. No hope, no soap, end of the rope. Get Jesus. Get right or get left. These, These arguments against the knowledge of God are made by believers and unbelievers. Well, I just don't know if I believe that holy thing. Now, I'm saved and everything, but, you know, everybody smokes a little weed. Well, I'm just not so sure, you know, uh, You know, I know the Bible says you shouldn't be drunk, but come on now, Jesus made wine. <laughs> Every drunk I ever met will tell you Jesus made wine. Jesus never got drunk. We have the story of his life in four Gospels. He never got drunk, and he never violated any of God's laws, and God's law says repeatedly don't get drunk. Well, come on now, that's then and this is uh Issues, making arguments against what God says. It says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, this thing talks about you need to bring your thoughts to where they'll be obedient to Christ so it infers that your thoughts are what? Disobedient. What type of people have thoughts that are disobedient to Christ? Oh, now we're getting somewhere. Why? Because too many people sit in church week after week after week thinking, oh, I wish all the sinners were here to hear this. Oh, I, I, I wish that person on my job was here to hear it. You're supposed to hear this. This is for us. We got to get us together. I'm not worried about getting the pornography together. I'm not worried about getting the drunk together. Listen, stop nagging drunks to, to quit drinking. Drinking ain't their problem. The fact that they're unsaved and don't know God is their problem. Share the love of God with them and let them get saved. That drinking will take care of itself. You get real salvation, stuff will just begin to fall off you. And you'll learn to do better. But these arguments, these, these thoughts that oppose God, uh, the, the, the great theologian John Calvin said this, Nothing is more opposed to spiritual wisdom of God than the wisdom of the flesh. And nothing more opposed to His grace than man's natural ability. You want to know the thoughts? You want, you want to know the problems that cause our mind to war against God, cause our mind to war in disobedient thinking? How many of y'all know you can be praying in your prayer closet? Hallelujah, glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I love you, sir. And then all of a sudden you just be thinking about the most twisted wild junk. See, in in in, in my family, we say that's just jank. Uh, your, your mind to get jank. It'll get all junked up and, and stank and, and and wrong and all at the same time. How many of y'all know that can happen to a real Christian praying? How many of you know you can just get, just cry, snot, holler, praise, worship, give God all the glory, pay a tithe, maybe, if, I don't know about that, but some of y'all, uh, and leave church and don't even make it to 103rd Street without somebody snatching you right out the spirit, right back into, I, I wish you would. Step out and meet Jesus. Act like you going to pull it. Man, my truck weighs almost 7,000 pounds. Well, it's a little lighter now. I'd take the 24s off, but it it happens. It happens. And there's nothing more opposed to the spiritual wisdom of God than the wisdom of the flesh. When we start rationalizing, when we start using our intellectual prowess, listen, if we were all that, I'm going to leave it alone. We ain't all that you ever learn that you're not all that, you can start moving forward in life. But that that people who think they're smarter than they are, that's, that, that's like uh jailhouse lawyering. See, I've been to jail multiple times. You There, there are people in, in in prison. They'll they'll tell you, "I know the law. I know the law better than the judge." Well, that's funny. He's wearing a black robe. You're wearing an orange jumpsuit. Every day. That's funny. He looked like he's wearing comfortable shoes. You don't even have money in your commissary to buy you better flip-flops. The flip-flops you get in jail, put some money in your your prisoner's commissary. They need better shoes. Amen? Y'all don't know. People talking all this foolishness, acting like they, well, the way I see it. The way you see it. Stop taking advice from people who are broke, stop taking advice from people who are ignorant, stop taking advice from people who don't love God more than you, stop taking advice from unsuccessful people, stop taking advice from people who are not filled with the Holy Ghost, stop taking advice from people who can't quote more than 10 scriptures, Stop taking and stop giving advice if you ain't living advice. I'm preaching better than y'all staring at me. Let me wrap this up. Wisdom of the flesh. Well, and I have people come to me all the time. And, and this, is so, this is what's crazy about pastoring in this generation. It's so horrible. I have people come to me all the time. Well, Pastor, you said X, Y, and Z. And what I really believe, the way I see it, is B, F, and L. Okay. Now, let's, let's think about it for a minute. I've been doing this full time for 36 years. I have multiple degrees in theology. I've been reading the Bible every day for over 30 years. I've studied this one book my entire adult life. But you came to tell me I'm wrong and you're right. I'd just love to see you at your dentist's office. I'd love to see you at your dentist's office, walk into your dentist. He's like, well, reason why? You, you're too certain back there. You got an abscess. We're going to have to do a root canal. And you tell him, well, the way I see it, what, what, what I believe it is, actually, I believe it's referred nerve pain from my knee. And I really don't need a root canal. You know what bro's going to tell you? Get out. Man got the degrees on the wall. You go to your doctor like, Uh, You know, I've been having these chest pains. He run all types of tests on you. The other day, they ran these tests on me. They took some saline water, shook it up, ran it through all so it would be bubbly so they could see it on the screen. I watched it with them, ran it through all four valves of my heart to see if there was blockage. There was no blockage. But what if they ran that through, and they're like, well, it it appears like you got about a 75% blockage. We we need to put you in for a bypass. Well, no, I don't believe I have a blockage. The way I see it, what? You argue with an expert and you don't know anything. Stop listening to people that don't know anything. Stop listening to people who are just full-scale failures in everything. They're trying trying to use wisdom of the flesh. Calvin said nothing is more opposed to God's grace than man's natural ability. Oh, man, don't mess around. You get a little success in you. See, that's, that's why real experts will tell you there's nothing more dangerous than a little bit of knowledge. Don't let somebody get a little successful. That's like your teenage child who never tries and never does homework but still makes bees. So they just think in their mind, I don't have to put the work in. Uh-huh. Well, your natural ability has got you rolling down the wrong street, baby, because eventually you're going to run up against something natural ability won't work on. i tell you what I tell my kids. Hard work beats talent all the time unless talent works hard. But either way, it's hard work. People start thinking that, that they, they can outthink God. They can outthink God's ways. And, and this, is what, this is where there's problem. Put verse 5 back on the screen for me, Dick. We have got to take control of our thoughts. Now, here's the lie that the devil has told you, and I'm going to expose it and we're going to go. The devil has told you, well, I can't help what pops into my mind. I'm not trying to think about those things. They just pop into my mind. You can take authority over your thoughts. You can imprison your thoughts, and you can free your thoughts. You can take your thoughts captive. What's the Scripture say? Bringing every thought into captivity. Now, now here's the sad thing. I'm reading to you right off God's holy book. And if we, we leave here today, and someone asks you, do you really believe you can take every single one of your thoughts captive and make them obey Christ? majority of people in the room be like, well, not every thought. You know, pastor, just be talking. This isn't not me. This is what the Bible says. You need to learn how to take your thoughts captive. Uh, we, we, we can choose to stop our thoughts and bring every thought into captivity so that our mind will obey Christ. Thoughts of anger, bitterness, resentment, greed, whatever thoughts that you have, um, Thought, you know, some, some of y'all, I, I just feel it right now. Some, some of y'all just can't stop thinking about paying back that one that did you wrong. you got to bring those thoughts into a captivity. you you, you got to learn how to obey Christ with your thinking. Because the psalmist said, I, I want the words of my mouth and the thoughts in my mind to give honor to God. Well, I ain't responsible for what I think. Yes, you are some of you have been plagued with wrong thinking for a long time, and you need to learn how to bring those thoughts into captivity. You need to imprison those thoughts and, and put them in a dungeon, lock the key, and throw it away. You need to learn how to free some thoughts so you can obey Christ. Now, now you got the hippies in the room. It's like, well, I'm just not trying to be mind-controlled. I'm a free spirit, and I want my thoughts to be free. Well, you don't love the Lord. And if you say you love the Lord, you don't understand. You are a purchased possession. You belong to somebody, Christian. You well, well, I think I should be able to decide for myself, not as a purchased possession. Be, be like if my if my car, if I, t- I tell my car to turn left, and it's like, well, I ain't turning left, I'm turning right. No, no, you do what I say. I own you. Christians need to understand the Lord owns us. The Bible says you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. We need to learn how to take these thoughts captive and get out of this free thinking and understand that we have to get these things in check so we can be what God has called us to be. Listen to what Romans 8, 5 says. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Let's figure this out real quick. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. So if you spend the majority of your time Thinking about sinful things, what can we deduce from this Holy Scripture? You are dominated by your sin nature. It's not just a little issue, it's a big issue. If you, if when you're alone with your thoughts, if your thoughts go to the bad and not to the good, you're dominated by sinfulness, and you need to make a change in that. It says, But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Think about things that please the Spirit. If you're not sitting around thinking about things that please God, then you better get it together. You need to change. You need to get your thoughts right. You need to come into alignment with what the Scripture says for your thinking. And, you need to, and this is just a self-check. Well, Pastor, how do I know if I'm being dominated by the Spirit or, or dominated by sin or controlled by the Spirit? What do you think about when nobody's watching? When you get bored, what do you do? This is going to tell on you. You don't have to tell me, tell God. Verse 6 says, so letting your sin nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. The reason why so many people, so many Christian people are miserable, tore up, upset, dealing with mental illness, struggling in their mind, struggling in in their finances, struggling in life, is because they are not letting the spirit control their mind. Because here's the thing if, let's let's just try another one. Based on this holy scripture, if your life is not full of peace, what does that mean that you're not letting happen? You're not letting the spirit control your mind. If you leave your mind alone, it'll go wrong every time. That's why some of y'all think that you ain't supposed to spank your children, correct your children, point them in the right way. I had a chaplain in the Army tell me one time he felt his job was just to keep his children safe and let them make their own choices. I'm like, well, you know, leave, leave, leave them in a room full of candy. Let's see what choice they make then. Leave your cash. Don't, don't, don't put your money in the bank. Leave your cash just piled up in the middle of the living room and let them know. If y'all choose to take all that, take what you want. See how broke you get real quick. If you leave your mind alone, it will tend to the first nature you had. Remember what I said? Lost people have one nature. It's the nature they were born with. Saved people have two natures. Carnal nature, spiritual nature. Nature of the flesh they were born with, nature of the spirit that they were born again with. So which one, flesh or spirit, which one of those two natures has every Christian had longer? Sin. You're born with it. Some of y'all didn't get saved you thirty, 30, 40, 50 years old. You got 50 years of the world stuck up in you. And even me, I got saved before I, before I was 30, but I've got 55 years of the world in me. I'm still walking in this world, breathing in this world, living in this world, impacted by this world, still struggling in my own flesh. So left alone, there's a default, and the default will always go to the wrong side. That's human nature, y'all. Stop, stop believing everybody's just basically good. If you believe that, just leave your doors unlocked. Leave your windows open. Just leave your door open. Trust that the mosquitoes are good too and they won't come in either. <laughs> I am through dealing with politicians that tell me that we shouldn't have guns, but they got men with guns protecting them. I am through dealing with politicians that tell me that we should build bridges and not walls and we shouldn't put up fences to keep people out, and they live in gated communities with alarm systems. You don't want to hear me. If, you, if you're like, well, Pastor, we just need to, just. Uh, if, you want to let it, if you want to let everybody in and just let it, hey, I tell you what, leave me your address. I can, find a, I can find a navigator load full of people on the 103rd Street and let them know hey, is this a good Christian woman? Got a nice house, got a swimming pool, lots of food, probably got some liquor hidden in there she ain't telling nobody about. Uh, she just said you can just come on in anytime you want. Everybody's welcome. No, no, no walls, no borders, no boundaries. Just come in, eat up all the food, drink all the whatever you want to do. And then you come home and you find out, we need a security alarm. Oh, all of a sudden, now you're you needing guns. and Let me keep moving. Y'all don't want to learn nothing. If you let your sin nature control your mind, you're not going to live at peace. We are commanded in Philippians 2.5 to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, how you going to think like Jesus? I mean, that ought to be the first thought. The mind of Christ. How am I going to have the mind of Christ when, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm just trying to keep my mind together. i give it to you in a more modern translation. Philippians 2, 5 in the New Living says you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. If you find yourself thinking about something that you don't think Jesus would think about, should you keep thinking about that? Well, Pastor, I can't control what I think about. That's not what the Bible says. You can control what you think about. You can bring your thoughts into obedience to Christ. You can tell your thoughts what to do. Now, I'm not saying you got to go all we're for Jesus, church for all nations. I ain't got no problem with we're for Jesus. I love we're for Jesus. Uh, But they popularized a a saying that just is silly uh, or funny uh, to me. If you ever hear somebody say this, ask them if they go to we're for Jesus. Loose him. Loose devil. Loose him. Loose him. Lose him. That, that, that's the church motto. Lose him. Lose him. Uh, now, I mean, if that helps you, you find yourself thinking about something and you just want to scream at yourself, lose him, then, okay, get some grammar and a dictionary and a couple other things. But we got to learn how to, whatever it takes, cast some thoughts down. Not, not me. Not today. Paul, I know Paul was from the south. I ain't mad at you northerners. Not all the time. How do I know Paul was from the South? Because he said, I reckon. You ever met a Yankee that said, I reckon? Paul said, I reckon myself dead to those things. I make a self-determination that says, that ain't me. See, some of y'all being plagued by your past, you need to give yourself a break and realize that was then, this is now. Some of y'all have friends and family that won't let you be you. Try to tell you, oh, you act like all Christian in front of church people, but I know you. No, you know all the bad, junked up things about me. You don't know the me on the inside that desperately longs to please God and wishes you just leave me alone. <laughs> you don't know I want to stab you in the neck while you're asleep. <laughs> Proof text right there, She saved my loving sister told me about you man this is insane my sister's the most peaceful pacifist on the planet my sister, the most decent christian woman i've ever known she's the most mature christian in my life and married to this great deacon uh retired navy chief scott mills she loves him dotes on him tell you that's her clark gable that's her dream man right there and uh, she told me When they had their first baby, and that baby was crying, she said, Pastor, you don't know how many times I laid in bed and thought about stabbing him in the neck. She said, that man could sleep through a hurricane he never, she said, and I knew he wasn't lying like a lot of husbands. She, she gave you this. She, she loves you for real. She's like, I knew he wasn't just rolling over, acting like he didn't hear the baby. I just, it was every single day I had to get up with that baby. And I just thought uh, that whatever, just proved she's saved. Because she didn't stop that snoring prematurely. If you find yourself thinking about something that does not honor God, You need to tell your mind, stop thinking about that. Jesus Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Start speaking truth to your mind. Let your ears hear your mouth say truth until you believe it here and here. A lot of people believe it here but can't get it here. You got to start saying it until it makes sense to you. You got to start saying it. You 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 mess around. Some people work you got fear on them. I like what one person said about fear. Many times fear is just false evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R. Well, I I I, just, uh, I I I was sharing with a member the other day. I'm, cla- I'm, I'm, I'm claustrophobic. I don't like tight spaces. I don't I don't like uh my, my kids have seen us leave churches. Leave, leave restaurant. They want to pack us in too tight somewhere. Get up and leave. I'm like, I can't sit in there with all them people. They just crunching me in. I gotta have my. Uh, I don't like it. But some people get get are so claustrophobic, their mind starts telling them, "I can't breathe. I can't breathe." You can breathe. Tell yourself you can breathe. These walls are gonna cave in and crush. The walls ain't gonna cave in. They're not gonna crush you. Not now. Maybe in a hurricane, you never know. But you gotta learn how to speak. Truth to your situation. See, there's a phrase that people love, especially politicians. They love this. They use it wrong. Uh, They think they use it right. But it's become popular in the last 15 years. Uh, It's been said for many years longer than that, but people love the expression. uh, We need to speak truth to power. Speak truth to power. And and what what they're trying to say is we need to force our opinion on the people who are really in control. That's that's not necessarily speaking truth to power. uh, But what that does is that that puts you in a place of thinking, I'm right, they're wrong. Let me go tell them how they're wrong. Okay, that's a wasted life. You want to live a valuable life? You want to live a purposeful life? You want to live a meaningful life? Speak truth to yourself. Tell yourself where you're right and where you're wrong. I'm not saying there's not a time to speak truth to power. What I am saying is we got to get ourselves together. Everybody wants to go correct the 25 people that they think need correcting. I've had so many people say, well, I'm just offended uh, that as a pastor you would do that. Well, when's the last time you got offended at yourself? We need to learn how to look in the mirror and start dealing with our own issues. We need to learn how to take care of first things first. And it starts with your thoughts and your actions. Actions are easy to control. I'll be honest with you. You get saved, you ought to be able to quit everything that's bothering you in the physical realm. Now in the mental realm, that, that that's a different hurdle to jump. That, that's more difficult. Those things are more deeply embedded. I mean, quit quitting, uh, listen, I've met hundreds of people who've quit drugs, quit alcohol, quit cigarettes, quit cussing, quit whoring around, uh, you know. But I haven't met a lot of people that have overcome all their mental barriers, thoughts that they have, emotions that they can't shake. We need to learn how to make this leap. We need to realize if we're not having the same attitude, the same mind, the same thoughts that Jesus would have, that we are wrong. And this is what most people can't do. Most people can't say, I am wrong. Well, as long as you think you're right about everything, you're never going to change. And if you don't change, you're going to only have what you got right now. You'll never get better. And we're here to get better, amen? So we have to embrace change. We have to admit where we're wrong, and we have to say that that attitude is wrong. Forgive me, God, for that. I want to do better. Those thoughts, I, God, I, I, I reject those thoughts. Uh, I, I embrace your love for me. Romans 12, 2 says, be, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Well, you gotta leave that up to God. You gotta, you gotta get in God's word and renew your mind. I'm gonna give you two more scriptures and I'm out. Some of y'all are already asleep. James 4 7 says, Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I have heard for years people say, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Well, there's truth in that, but you left the first part off. That's like you saying pork cake. Or pour, pour flour and sugar into a bowl and you have cake mix. No, you won't. You would just have dry flour and sugar in a bowl. You can't make a cake out of that. It's not that you didn't give me the right information. You just didn't give me all, enough of the information. You can't just resist the devil. loose here devil. <laughs> that don't work. You read the Bible. What did what, what, what the man say in the book of Acts? I I rebuke you, demon. In the name of Jesus Christ who Paul preached. That devil said. We know Jesus. And we know Paul. But who are you? No, you? Shut up. Ha! That don't work. There's a prereq to resisting the devil. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. You got to submit yourself to God. You got to, you got to do what God tells you to do. You got to bring yourself into alignment with obedience to God. Short of that, you just may as well say, Come on, devil, tear me up. Come on, mind, think all twisted. Without submission to God, there is no real resistance of the devil. And you can't get free from your negative thinking. Last verse, Ephesians 5 26 says, We are cleansed by the washing of water with God's word you want to know what's going to cleanse you the number one cleaning ingredient in the world the first ingredient on every cleaning bottle in your cabinet is what water water is the primary cleansing agent in the history of the world always has been water is what cleans I'm not sure you mix it with some stuff Make it easier to clean. But water is always useful in cleaning. And the scripture says that the way God chooses to sanctify us, to change us, to clean us up, is by the washing of the water with God's word. Get this and you'll have it all. If you have... Anybody rinse their dishes before they put them in the dishwasher? What a waste of time that is. Get a better dishwasher. Keep rinsing those dishes, though, boy, because I don't want the food stuck on them because I ain't getting a better dishwasher. You know why we rinse dishes? To get that junk off. Because you turn that water on high enough. Some of y'all got those little sprayer things. That just make a mess. But direct that. You spray something long enough with water, that'll come off. You let that pot soak long enough in water, that gunk will loosen up water will clean it you pour enough water over it'll it clean it God said the way he cleans up his church is by the washing of the water with God's word you got to get to the place where you pour enough of God's word over your life to where it starts to wash off some of the junk you got to get to the place where you are just constantly under the spout where the glory comes out, where you are receiving God's word continuously and that water of God's word is just washing over you, washing the junk off, washing the crud off, washing the negativity off, washing the stinking thinking off, washing the bad thoughts off, washing the mental problems off, washing the, the attitudes off. We live in a day and age. Where people think it's cute to have attitude. No, that's anti-Christian. People walk around, oh, no, he didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. But yes, you did. It's time to deal with us. We need to get washed up. We need to get clean so we can be, as the scripture says, vessels fit for use in the master's hand. You would not eat your ice cream with a spoon I'd been digging in poop. The spoon may be fine and the ice cream may be good. But the the stuff on the spoon needs to be washed off. You got to get washed up so you can be useful. You have a use in God's hand. But God doesn't use dirty vessels you got to get cleaned up you got to let that that water of god's word just wash over you wash over you wash over you 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 dealing with a struggle if you can't find it come to me i'll find it for you every issue known to man, that's a real issue. You're dealing with lust? Find Bible verses that deal with lust and just pour them over your head. You're dealing with gossip? Find Bible verses that deal with gossip and just pour that over your head. You're dealing with unforgiveness? Find Bible verses that deal with unforgiveness and just pour it over your head. You're dealing with addiction? Find Bible verses that deal with addiction and just pour that over your head. The reason why some people, I say most people won't is because they don't really want to change. Want to keep doing you. All I can do is lead you to water. I can't make you wash. We got to get God's word poured over us. Cleanse me, God. Wash my mind, God. You get the word in you, the word will come out of you. You are nothing more than a sponge for information. You take a clean sponge, you did. I don't care what color the sponge is. The sponge can be green, the sponge can be yellow, the sponge can be white, the sponge can be whatever, brown. You you dip that sponge in purple Kool-Aid, you hold it out above your, your counter, and you squeeze that sponge. Only one thing coming out of it, purple Kool-Aid. Because when life squeezes you, whatever is in you is what's going to come out of you. And this is why most Christians do a bad job representing the Lord. Because we don't have enough God in us. We don't have enough word in us. We got got our way lost somewhere and thought, I'm okay how I am. It's all those other people that need to get better. No, you need to get with a hymn writer and just openly declare, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother or my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee you got to get your mind in a place where God can do something for you. Stop wondering. Pastor, I don't know why my mind is playing tricks on me. Start pouring the word over it. You, you, your marriage and where you need to be start 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 getting your mind. You you stop stop worrying about he he's not a good husband. You you read everything the Bible says about being a good wife and you just pour that over you pour that over you pour that. You, your wife acting funny, acting crazy. Read, get every piece of Bible in you that tells you how to be a good husband and just pour that over you. Your kids acting funny. Read everything the Bible has to say about how to be a better parent and you just pour. Get Bible on your situation. When you get Bible on your situation, then you can change. It's the washing of the water with God's word. Pour it over you. The junkle roll off. Pray with me, God. Thank you for your work. Thank you, God, for the Holy Ghost. Father, I pray by your spirit you would place these truths deep inside us and give us a desire to take every thought captive and bring even our thoughts into your obedience God we want to honor you with our words with our thoughts, with our actions God I pray for every struggling Christian in the room today dealing with habits, addictions difficulties, mental illness stress and strain of life God Lord I pray that you would show yourself more than able teach us God that we can rely on you, teach us God that if we'll choose your way, that your way is better than ours. Father, I pray for each unsaved person in this room today, God, that something that's been said today, that you would prick their heart and let them know they need a new nature. They need to come alive in the spirit to who you are. So, God, I pray that you touch every heart. Do your will. Do your work as only you can in Jesus' name. Amen. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.